Hello and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP. And as always, well, actually not as always. I mean, he's in, he's been gone for two weeks, so I'm going to introduce him first. Uh, Matt is back. Hello, Matt. Woohoo! I'm welcome here. Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> a lot's to happened back. since you left. So yeah. He's, he's so enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm wide awake and ready to go. <laughs> yes, I can tell. I, I can tell. Uh, also with me is Father Chuck. Hello, Father Chuck. Hey. How you doing, buddy? You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, well, if you listened to our episode uh, last week, we, we, we were talking about uh, getting out and vote. Um, not much of a concern, apparently. <laughs> uh, a lot of people voted. Um, 46% of the country did not. Really? I actually didn't know those numbers. Yeah, those numbers came out today. Oh, okay. Well, must not be Masters of Divinity listeners. That <laughs> it's really stressed it, guys. <laughs> uh, we're... we're, we're Approaching a new status quo, at least in, in our politics and our government. Um, I will say right now, uh, uh, I definitely feel very humbled because I don't know if you, if you, if you were paying attention to the last episode, it kind of became apparent as to where I stood on the subject. And uh, I will say, I think I gave into some liberal hubris. Um, I definitely posted some things on my Facebook, which I am not, which I don't normally do. <laughs> and I found myself humbled the next day. But this isn't going to be, um, we've, we've convened about this. This isn't an episode about, um, being angry at the results. Right guys. Right. And nor is it an episode about self-flagellation. Right. Um, I just kind of want to say something real quick, you know, before we go on. I want to say um, that I think that uh, the most important thing in the world right now that's kind of going through my mind and, I don't know, kind of feels weird saying because I feel like it sound like a defeatist or something, but I, I don't want to. I just want to I just I want to stress unity. And that's kind of what we want to talk about in this episode. Um, I think the most important thing in the world is for us to be unified. And um, to be able to healthily disagree with each other. And I think that it's very hard these days because of the Internet and social media and 24-hour news and pundits and pollsters. These things have sort of made us very hungry um, for politics. And, um, you know, my parents have always told me and other people have told me, you know, back in their day when they were our age it was it really was like a once every four years kind of thing and then you just kind of went on with your life um it doesn't feel that way to me kind of feel like i'm being bombarded and we have so much of it i kind of feel like we don't have much room for anything else and because of that we're not able to find much common ground amongst each other which is where things like empathy come into play and empathy yeah. is what is what ultimately is something that should unite us yeah, and as you as you say this, I think of, I mean, it's been as of this recording, it's been two days. Um, I've I've personally only posted a couple of things on Facebook. One of which today became a hotbed thing. What I realized in some of the responses that I've seen is there's this sort of sense that I've encountered from a, just a few, you know, maybe two Trump supporters um, that have sort of evoked this sense of like. Either you celebrate with us or you just keep quiet. Like one of the things that I posted was um, it was a it, it's become a fairly popular um, sort of collection of things from Twitter, which is called Day One um, of Trump's America, where it just shows stuff that Trump supporters have done already within said things they've done and said within one day. I posted it with the caption, Good Lord, deliver us, which is a common petition from the Book of Common Prayer. And my intention with that was not to say anything about the president-elect, but was rather to, um, but was rather to just sort of lament, the, you know, what 
his supporters are doing. And in, 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 in retrospect, or in response to, there's also things that his detractors have also done that are horrible and not helpful. And what I realized in the responses that I got from people, you know, who said that, you know, this isn't helpful, you know, it's not help, you know, helping heal the country by posting these things, by reposting this stuff. I thought by ignoring this stuff is kind of how we got to where we're at now. Trump won largely because rural communities in this country felt that they weren't valued and they weren't listened to that like real America that, that they felt like the, like the liberal elite or whatever you want to call them acted like real America mm-hmm. was the cities. And like in urban in- environments, we like criticize, you know, these we've criticized people on the right for saying that like real America is like small towns in the Midwest or whatever. So there is no real America. That's what we always say. There is no real America. Real America is just America. But that wasn't true. We tended to act like real America was our America and we were just as guilty. And so I don't want us to ignore these things because, again, that's how we got to where we're at. Um, we need to shine a light in these dark, ugly places. And the real America is the America that says, no, we don't support this stuff. The real America is, yeah, the real America is the one that can say, I don't know what it is about our president elect that brought this out in you, but it needs, we need to knock it off. It's unacceptable. But I realize about uh, uh, President elect Trump is still as odd as to say that. I, 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 yesterday I had the realization I want, I really do want him to be successful um, as a president because, as, as President Obama said, if he's successful, America's successful. And I think honestly, he might have realized at about 3.20 in the morning on November 9th that he got way over his head. Um, <laughs> and because, I mean, you got to admit... They probably all do. <laughs> well, you got to realize, like, I mean, we got to admit that in all of his speeches since since election night, he has been whatever the Trump version of humble is. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been gloating. He hasn't been boasting. Um, and part of me wonders if he's sort of like... Even he's like, wow, I can't believe this happened. And because of that, that that means that that's somebody who is in a position. I mean, he's an outsider. That was the whole thing about him. He's an outsider. We're hoping that, you know, that an outsider would come in and and do some and do some different stuff. That also means that he's going to have to learn what it means to be a president while on the job. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't come to the presidency with any kind of preconceived notions. And that could really be a good thing, actually. Um. So anyway, just to get back to my kind of initial point, though, is I just don't think that we're being helpful to each other when we're when we're ignoring each other. And I would hope that we could now be in a place where the liberals can say, even though I guess we're losers in the sense is like, oh, now you want to listen to us now that you've lost. You care about us. But yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, he's our president, too. (laughs) He's our president, too. And yeah, we screwed up. Have some grace. We screwed up. We need to learn better. We need to learn to be better. And as I said to you when we were sort of conferencing about this beforehand, and um, is that what I really want to do is I really want to see us just cut through the bullshit, and 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 to just be and just be true and real, and to just get past some of the stupid crap, you know. I but then again, as as a few people have pointed out to me, it's easy for me to say that as a white straight male. So that's a whole other factor in this that um that i guess we could talk about and i've monologued way too long on this so i'm gonna shut up for a little bit what? matt yes okay. you look i'm, I'm still you, awake i'm here hey matt matt i've been listening I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners are very curious about where you have been and why you are super tired right now it's a secret <laughs> hogwarts yeah, yeah hogwarts it. <laughs> no, um, my my son thinks I'm going to become a superhero. That's what yeah. my son believes. Yeah, no, daddy, uh, daddy's gonna be a superhero because according to my son, it's because he goes to his policeman schools. <laughs> Aww, um, so that's so great. It's so yeah. cute. That is adorable. Yeah. Uh, like those legendary six movies. Yeah, uh, Matt is in the police academy. 
That's right. Hey, so how is Steve Gutenberg? Is he how's he doing these days? Is he mild as ever? I I just I can't get past the guy who won't stop making sound effects with his mouth. Um, <laughs> Are you that guy in the police so, academy? I'm Matt? just so distracted by him. I, I really don't even know. So no, I um yeah no. So it's it's been very long days, um, and I'm sore in places I didn't know I had muscles to hurt, but yeah, it, it's going two weeks in. Yeah, yeah. Matt's gonna get so in shape; he's gonna be able to beat us up. To eat, that is my only goal. I want <laughs> to beat the two of you up. <laughs> is is the he will, we we can change him? Wait, actually, he already is the He Man on our logo. <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna try to look like the He Man. Hey, hey, man, you want to be He Man? You gotta learn how to draw the logo. <laughs> Do, are, are you like, or just get shredded? <laughs> well, Fighting each other yet? Like, they're doing. Are, no. you, are you guys? Are they putting you in the danger room? You have to like fight each other and stuff. No, no danger like, room yet. No, it's not. It's not the Xavier Mansion. I didn't. Well, I, didn't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, he's no. not. He's not an X Man, JB. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I will works. be. You'll see. <laughs> um, no, actually, um, so far the first the first uh, several weeks. There's a lot of physical working out kind of stuff, but yeah. um, for the most part, the first several weeks are a lot of book work, um, a lot of law and things like that. Um, the The actual doing happens a little later, so then we'll get into things like defensive tactics like you are talking about. Nice. Um, stuff like that. Driving courses, shooting ranges, all that kind Driving of courses. good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so yeah, just but, you have to chase like Vin Diesel. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Please, when please one of these days, just start showing up dressed in like a pink tank top with a white linen suit with the sleeves pushed up, like Don Johnson <laughs> from Miami Vice, the greatest television show ever made. I don't think that'll no, pass no. my uniform code at the academy, though. So. <laughs> I, I can start doing that for your pot for the podcast. Yes, definitely. <laughs> nice. That's cool, man. Uh, I'm excited for you. I actually think that is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. And you are on a very exciting journey. Yeah, right I'm just really tired of getting up at 4 a.m. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my biggest problem right now. Yeah, I, I know how you feel. Like I actually get up, got up yesterday at like eight. I usually get up at ten. I don't. Oh. And it wasn't. <laughs> oh, it's that's so it's like look, people are sleeping here, you know, and. Uh. You know, you know what that's like, remember, right? Remember the beating you up comment? <laughs> you're, fir- you're first on my list, buddy. Just, whoa, whoa, just whoa, 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 whoa! Brutality. This is police brutality. No, no. I'm not. A police, I'm not a policeman yet. I'm a long way away from actually being being an officer. So I'll take you out before that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh. Well, so you've been pretty busy while. Uh, 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 um, the world has either been saved or gone through the apocalypse. I can't really tell which one you decided on. You had mentioned something while we were pre-gaming this. That I'm sick of my cell phone. Yeah, I, 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 what I had, what JP is alluding to um, is I only have about 10 minutes out of my entire day where I get to turn on my phone and look at, like, what's going on in the world. And mm-hmm. for the last two days, I've not cared about the 10 minutes anymore because the more I look at it, the more I'm like, oh, come on, people. Because it's just nothing but anger and attacking and hate and comments of, like, outrage on both sides, yeah. weird, weirdly enough. Um, winning and losing sides are still at each other. Like, like Chuck had said that he actually wants Trump to succeed I, a, a great analogy I heard about it is um, whether you are, are a Trump supporter and voted for him or you are were a Hillary supporter and voted against him, um, he won and is now our president, like you're saying. And somebody said that to hope that Trump does not succeed at this point is like being on the airplane and hoping that the pilot crashes. Like, um, we're all on the same plane here. Um, So your hope is that whoever's in office will will make great decisions and do things that actually does move us forward. And whether you support him or didn't support him, 
we all now need to support him, but that doesn't mean you agree with everything. That means that you still continue to, and in proper channels, voice your opinion, um, and hope that the people with authority will make decisions that move us all forward in a good direction. Um, right. And I think that that's that's what all of us should be looking for and hoping for and talking about instead of everything I've seen. Every five seconds I turn on the phone, I just get annoyed. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, and then I have to go to bed and wake up at 4 a.m. So <laughs> I, I did hear that analogy. I don't um, remember who said it. If you do, I, I'm not taking credit for that. I well, think I, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, I saw it on Facebook. My mother-in-law had reposted that. And I thought I thought there's some wisdom in it. Yeah. You I know it's kind of the original author of it is but yeah. You know it's funny. Um before the election and um when I knew we were actually going to kind of have this sort of post-election episode. Um the question that I was actually really excited to ask you guys was what what are you going to tell a Trump supporter to comfort them in this time? kind of weird <laughs> uh so but now i'm kind of wondering uh what, what do you tell somebody who is scared right now because there there are people that are scared i mean people that uh heard his rhetoric have seen some ugly things and um are scared people who have people in their family that they're scared they're going to get deported or people who are afraid they're going to lose their health care because they depend on obamacare what would you tell people to comfort them? I that's a that's a that's a that's a good question that I don't think I have an answer for. Um, Matt, do you have an answer? I mean, I think my answer is similar to kind of what I've already said. Is that I think what I tell people is um, we you need to stay involved. And you need to speak to the people with authority in a way that you are supposed to in a respectful manner and um, express your opinions and voice because that's what we're founded on. So, like, right. I think that people we put a lot of stock in who gets voted in as president um, because they do have some pretty big um, powers. I mean, they they're. They've got some decisions with things like Supreme Court and stuff that are a pretty big deal. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, I think we also need to remember that our government is a lot more than the president um, and was set up in such a way to be a lot more than the president. Um, so there's still a lot of other people involved with these decisions and what's going to happen. And I think that we, my advice is just instead of being afraid, be prayerful and involved and then, be active yeah instead of worrying about things be active about things um right right like you know you always hear write your congressman you know what write your congressman about things <laughs> because believe it or not things like that matter guys like uh oh yeah totally um so write people express opinions voice things and don't do it just on social media and don't do it in this attacking way that's exhausting me right now um do it the right way do it respectfully get your opinion out there in the way that actually matters and um and realize that the person in power is a is a symbol they are chosen by people they do are somewhat represent us and they do have powers that they have some pretty big big ability uh, you know abilities they can do but overall we, we still have a lot of checks and balances for whoever's in that office. Um, so we need to, to be involved in that and pray and hope that the person in office is guided by the right people and makes the right decisions. Um, as far as his rhetoric and things like that, I do think that um, uh, I, I am in uh, the the camp that somewhat believes that a lot of the way he voiced things was for the purpose of standing out and being elected. Um, for example, I I hate to burst people's bubble, but I do not believe Donald Trump actually has any intention of building a gigantic wall between America and Mexico and having them pay for it. Um, but I think he did know that saying that would reach a 
particular group of people who wanted to hear it um, and get the votes that he needed to wind up in office. Um, so I would say pray for the people that are in leadership um, and respectfully interact with those in authority and hope that they make the right decisions. And if they don't, then it is um, our responsibility as, as believers, if it's unbiblical, it's our responsibility to continue to do the same thing anyway, um, regardless of what happens with, with uh, things like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that you just, we need to find, find the ability to look past difference, to support one another, and to actively be involved in decision making because we do have the choice we do have the chance to do that and i know um the one guy sitting sitting in his home writing letters to a congressman you know that that doesn't seem like it matters but you multiply that by everybody actually doing it instead of just throwing fits and posting things on twitter um, right. and it does make a difference it does make a difference and i guarantee you it's a billion times more rewarding mm. yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it'd be interesting exercise to kind of figure out who your state legislators are and asking them, how can I get involved? You know? Yeah. Well, I, I, and, and somewhat to kind of address the question that I wasn't sure how to answer and then I listened to Matt and I kind of formulated some ideas. I mean, I don't know if it's comforting, but kind of to my to my comment earlier about cutting through the BS, um, I think it's important for us to remember that. Donald Trump and his followers and like John, Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters might not be the same person, you know, I mean, right. civics is theater, right? Like a huge part of civics is theater. And so there could like, like Matt said, like there could be a fair amount of, of, of posturing and rhetoric and things that have been said. Um, it's possible politicking. that politic and it's possible there could be, um, you know, parallel ideas, like just because like, you know, it, it could very well be that, well, I don't know. I mean, I could try to rationalize and justify and do all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that. But like the simple fact of the matter is, is that the man himself hasn't done anything right. in public office. We don't know. All we're doing is speculating. People are reacting based off of speculation. He said a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that I think he should be held accountable for. I agree with that. Um, and but at the same time, we don't know what he is going to do. Because one of the crazy things about his whole campaign is that he didn't really talk about issues and th the, the things that he wanted to do. Um, he uh, flat said that he didn't want that out there so that like people could, you know, sort of know it and criticize it and preempt it and all this kind of stuff. So he sort of intentionally right. kept us a vague. But like the thing is, so like we have to be real about the fact that we don't know what he's going to do. And so we can't we can't. Cry, we can't cry that the sky is falling when we have no evidence. You know, we have some bits of things that he's done here and there, but we don't, we don't know. And so there's two things that I think about in this is that one is the, uh, the theologian Stanley Hauerwas, um, once said that he had to become, he had to become a theologian in order to learn how to become a Christian. Hmm. Um, and I've heard friends of mine who are clergy say kind of a similar thing that they had to become priests to really know what it means to be a Christian. And I sometimes wonder, or I think I kind of was wondering this evening, what if, what if that's kind of the deal for Trump that once he gets in the I mean, he had an hour and a half meeting with president Obama today. And based off of the, the press conference, um, he seemed pretty sober in, in light of that. It, it makes you wonder, like, is he kind of already realizing this thing is so big and so right, much yeah. bigger than him and that there's a role that you have to live into. I mean, yeah, he's not, he's not prepared for it, but he, you know, he, I don't know. He, anything could happen. Anything could go. But also to that is the, um, is the, is something that Desmond Tutu once said. Um, so one of the, one of the great stories I heard about him was um, um, there was this meeting that was sort of sprung on some bishops where um, Nelson Mandela was there and um, the election in South Africa was wrapping up and it looked pretty certain that Mandela was going to win. And so Mandela says to Desmond Tutu, who was very active in getting him um, 
into office and, you know, did a lot of stuff for him. It came out that Desmond Tutu had never registered with the African National Congress. He never registered with Mandela's party. In fact, he, I don't think he ever registered with any party. And so Mandela says to Desmond Tutu, something effective like in front of all these bishops, he's like, I want you in front of all your bishop friends to finally endorse me and to finally like, you know, join my party and all this kind of stuff. And Desmond Tutu said no. And Mandela was kind of like, well, why would you say that? And he said, because he says, first of all, I'm a citizen of a kingdom that is not of this world. Um, secondly, he said, you know, when I was coming up in ministry and coming up in life, there were people who were sitting on my shoulders, guiding me and telling me what I needed to do and holding me accountable to my actions. And he says, and now that's my job for you. And I can't exactly do that if I'm a member of your party. Interesting. Um, and so even, even, even Trump said at his, at his acceptance speech, he said that if you didn't support me during this election, you know, I need your guidance. I need your advice. Um, so that was an invitation to all the rest of us to be a voice, to sit on his shoulders and to hold him accountable. Um, we are not we are not going to get anywhere by continuing a hashtag that says not my president. We are not going to get anywhere doing that. And furthermore, doing so makes us just as guilty of all of the conservatives that we have criticized for the past eight years for being obstructionist and not wanting to participate you know, let's be better. Let's not be the people that we don't want to see. Right. And let's, let's hold these people accountable. Yes. Matt's right. Write your congressperson, um, be involved in your, in, 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 in your, in your local government, um, write letters to the president, um, do what you got to do. But you know, the man, you know, we, he, we need to, we need to find a way to come together because the fact is, is that, yeah, we're hoping that December 19th, you know, some of us are, some people are hoping that December 19th is going to come along and that somehow the electoral college is going to magically like not support <laughs> Trump. And then, and that somehow Hillary Clinton is going to suddenly be president or, you know, we, we, you know, we're in this denial phase. And the fact is, is that acceptance is where we need to be. Accept it. This is the new normal. We have to learn to live in this new normal. That doesn't mean we have to be happy about it. It doesn't mean that we have to like the guy, but we have to learn to live with this reality. And as much as it's going to, as much as it's likely going to suck for some people, we have to figure out a way to navigate this. Right. And we also have to remember that there are places in this world that are infinitely far more worse than what we've got going on right now. That even with, even in this situation and even with as bleak as it might be for some people as they're perceiving it, it's not, it's still a pretty privileged and amazing place to be. Mm -hmm. And ultimately in the end, in four years, it could all change again. Right. right. So it's, um, so I don't know if that's hopeful or not, but that's, that's where I'm at on it. I think it is. I think once you kind of realize, I mean, I want to say that, you know, he didn't steal the election. Yeah, I saw this. I saw I saw a Twitter account uh, the next day, um, yesterday, that said um, that said, "Man, someone did a really bad job rigging this election." <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He didn't. He didn't steal the election. You know, what what she saw was, you know, our system in action. Right. Right down to the last minute. Right down to now. What's going on? You know, with her conceding and with people, you know, trying to figure out how to how. She might become president. She she won't like the electoral then, college and, and this repeal this repealed electoral college nonsense. It's like you're only saying that yeah. because yeah. you lost. If the electoral college had benefited you, you would be celebrating it. So just again, cut the BS. Just be yeah. honest, right? Let's just be real, okay? I'm laughing because like Matt Matt's bored. <laughs> he does. He he gave us a speech about his ten minutes, and like he's reliving those ten minutes right now. <laughs> Matt, Matt's falling asleep. It's not. It's not a big deal. Don't don't worry about me. <laughs> it's all right. You know, I uh, I will say this, guys. Um, and I don't know if you want to switch shift gears or something. I, I will say that this whole thing has made me feel very. Um, well, okay. I'm a liberal, so like, of course, uh, I I I felt like how Rudy Giuliani looks for a while, which is bad. Really bad. He looks bad, guys. He does. Um, he does look really bad. <laughs> uh, 
But remember when remember when remember when Bilbo in Fellowship of the Ring is like old and he sees the ring on Frodo and he goes for it. And for like a moment, he turns into like a goblin. That's kind of what Rudy Giuliani looks. And that's how I felt. That's how I felt. Uh, but after that, I kind of felt activated. If that makes any sense. I kind of felt like there was a switch that was flipped inside me that went into a, a certain kind of mode. And I think it's just sort of a need to be more involved, more active more um trying to figure out like my place in all of this and how i can be the best person i can be and help others and be comforting that's how i I don't know about you guys but that's how i felt uh so just be be excellent to each other and party on dudes yeah no i amen um i yeah i I think for me too it's, it's a sense of I know we've talked about this past couple of days, you, me, and um, and friend of the show, Keelan, who like had this like random revival moment on our on our group uh, <laughs> chat the other day. But like, um, so, but like, yeah, I had a moment. I've had a moment of peace where it's just like, okay, this is this is it, right? This is this is where we're at. And as a Christian, my job is to learn to love this person. Any Christian listening to this podcast, and chances are you are Christian if you're listening to this podcast, your job is to learn is to learn to love Donald Trump. Um, if you if you didn't vote for him and don't already love him, but your job is to love him. Um, again, it doesn't mean you have to like him, but it does mean you have to learn to love him. There is a distinction, and of course, challenging is you got to find a way to learn to love all the hate mongers out there who have sort of jumped up behind him. It doesn't mean you accept what they do blindly, but it is something that we have to learn to deal with because that's that's the Christian message. And so there's been this weird thing for me, JP, where it's almost like I felt like a renewal to my commitment as a Christian to be loving and that love and that the love of Jesus is almost rebellious at this point, because I look at both sides of this and there's just there's not love. And then I feel this weird, hopeful sense where. I've seen lots of people that are saying like, we just need to find a way to hug each other and get along and we need to be unified. And, and, and you're seeing that on both sides. And I think it's because deep down inside, like we are terrified about the possibility of an, of an actual civil war and we don't want that. Right. And that is a sign of hope to me that, you know, people when given a chance, will try to do a good and right thing. Let me ask you guys something. Can we make, can this podcast be a place where we can, uh, attempt unity. Can we be that place where everyone tries to find common ground, so that I we can help, so. so that we can help everybody, you know, empathize with one another? Do you think that could, that could be a, a good mission statement for us, Matt, Chuck? Well, I, I think that's what we are because um, I don't think the three of us agree on everything at all. <laughs> I think we have some pretty <laughs> different views on on. Um, Ultimately, even some really big issues we have some different views on, and yet the three of us have found a way as friends to to enter into conversation, to voice opinion, to sometimes even um, debate and borderline argue, and then at the end of the day, be able to say, hey, we still love each other, we're still friends, we're still in this together, and we're still all just figuring it out. Um, and have the same conversation the next day. And I think that's what the, the world as, as a whole is lacking and I lack it with other people. So that is not saying the three of us are better than anybody else, but, um, but, uh, I think the world is lacking that ability. We, how it tends to work out in the world is I disagree with somebody. I argue with them. I cut ties with them and we're done. Um, yeah as opposed to discussion, even, I would even say argument. I know argument's not a good word to use, but for the sake of um, using the argument. every, for, yeah, for the sake of the argument. You outmatted Matt on that one. Uh, for, uh, but for the it's sake, Trump's America. We've switched places. For, for the sake of using the everyday word argument, I would say that um, well, I'll, I'll liken it to a marriage. I will say that arguments can be, and again, 
Um, let's remove the negative connotation that comes along with argument because I don't mean fighting. Fighting is a different thing. But arguments are definitely more heated. They're definitely, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, that's how they start anyway. In a marriage, arguments are, are at times very healthy if communicated and worked through. Um, yeah, absolutely. If my wife and I, what I've found a lot is when we find, when we have an argument about something, we finally voice everything. We lay it on the table. It's here's what I think. Here's how I feel. Here's what this has done to me. Um, we no longer have anything hidden or no longer holding back on how something affected us. And then at the end of the day, we you make apologies where apologies need to be made. You take your stand where your stand needs to be made. You compromise on areas where you both feel you can compromise. And you wake up the next morning and realize, I still love this person. I'm still married to them, and I'm still spending the rest of my life with them. Um, and that's how, that's how I feel like the world should work, mm -hmm. is the argument is okay. Um, lay it all out there. Dump it all on the table. Tell people how you feel. Voice it. Don't hide it. Don't hold back on it. But realize we're all human and we're all trying to figure this out together. Um, so lay it all out there. Voice everything. Um, tell people how you think they're wrong. Let them tell you how they think you're wrong. Compromise where you can compromise. Stand up where you feel you must stand up. And then realize at the end of the day, we all are doing this together. And tomorrow, we'll do it again. And we'll keep moving forward. Um, we will compromise on the areas that do not compromise our morals and beliefs but we will compromise on the areas where we can um, and we will stand up on the ones where we feel there's justice or truth at stake um, and yet continue to have the conversation by stand up I don't mean tell people they're horrible worthless human beings and we'll have nothing to do with them um, you tell them, here's what I believe to be true. Here's why I believe it's it is true. Now, how can I help you? How can I lead you? How can I serve you? Despite whether or not you believe what I say, how can I still better, better your life also? Right. Um, and that's how we should be interacting with each other. Because the truth the is, truth is uh, you're not going to change people's opinion. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to talk somebody out of what they believe. Um, but you can love on them anyway, and they may someday see things differently because of the way you acted and lived with them, um, or they may not. And even if we don't, we still just need to do it together. But Chuck, right. you were going to say something. One of the, yeah, I was say, one of the cool one of the cool stories that I heard I read today online was um, um, it was like posted in some other, you know, source that someone had reposted on, um, on Facebook was, um, some neighbors or some, or people or whatever that were, um, one was a Trump supporter, one was a, a Hillary supporter and they, 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 they disagreed, um, pretty strongly. And they say they, they, during the whole election, they had some back and forth that sometimes got heated and things like that. Um, and that yesterday, um, the, it was a woman who was a support, a Hillary supporter. Um, she received a phone call from the Trump supporter and the Trump supporter said, Hey, I just want to call and find out how you're doing because your feelings matter more to me than the way this election turned out. Hmm. And I thought it was kind of cool. Um, an awareness that, that, you know, this is, there's some, there's some very real, some re very real emotions and stuff tied up in this. And so that, yeah, we can be, we can be good to each other in, in, in spite of it. And, um, and I think that that's a, that's an important thing, but Matt, is a, if you don't mind me, JP kind of, uh, taking the podcast for me for a second, sure. um, Matt, when you were talking about the, the marriage thing, I'm, I'm curious, and this, this be an interesting thing for us to ponder maybe in another episode or something. Um, but I'm wondering if part of our problems in America are due to the fact that we've gotten so comfortable with divorce. And so the idea that, um, we don't have to live together. We don't have to, you know, there's no expectation of compromise. If I have to compromise, then we'll screw you. I'll just go find someone else who doesn't make me compromise. Um, I wonder if that's, a, if that's a factor 
as well. Because, like you said, like a marriage relationship, it's it's a relationship unlike any other, and it's one where you sometimes have to every day make a conscious effort mm. to remain with this person, and you know, you, uh, friendships you don't necessarily get that. Mm. Um, you know, dating relationships you definitely yeah. don't because you can just end it. Um, but the idea of a marriage of being in a covenant with someone in the Christian understanding of marriage, I wonder, um, just guess what your thoughts are on that. If you, if you think maybe divorce, our comfort with divorce yeah. plays into our willingness to, 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 to argue with each other in the wrong kinds of ways. Yeah. I, um, I definitely believe, and we could, we could spend episodes on, on this topic, um, because what I'll start by, I will preface what I'm getting ready to say by saying that I I could go on and on and on about why being single is a great thing and why that may be what God intends for you. So the idea that you need to be married is, to me, just frustrating. Because um, some Christians have this belief that if you don't get married, you're not living up to the potential God has for you. Um, and that makes me angry. So I'll preference with that. But what I will say is I do believe that the covenant, and I, and I know Father Chuck and I, um, coming from seminary, the word covenant makes sense to us, that it's, um, yeah, it's yeah. different than a contract or an agreement. A covenant is so much deeper than that um, because there really is, like in a contract, there's a way out. It's like um, when I write a contract with you, it's written with the understanding that if either of us messes up, this is over. A covenant is written with the understanding from both sides. Basically, both sides of the covenant are saying, it doesn't matter what you do, I'm in this, and this is where it's going. Um, So like God has a covenant with us, so it doesn't matter if we mess up, he's going to honor the covenant. Um, But anyways, I do believe that the, the covenant of marriage is meant to be the clearest picture of how relationships are supposed to work. Um, I think that marriage, when it when it's done correctly, is going to show the world how interaction should take place, how even friendships should look, um, because it is it is supposed to be a relationship that is built on mutual submission and elevation. Um, it is it is two people entirely like I love the Bible's picture of it and it's such a cliche thing thrown around in the Christian world that we don't think about how profound it is but but the Bible's idea of it is the two becoming one um, it's yeah. that there there is no longer two people there is one one person one one being one marriage that is two people striving to to make this thing become great um, and what it is, is the closest picture. And again, um, it would take episodes for me to explain why this is not me downplaying the, the image of God in an individual. And this is not me saying that somebody who chooses to remain single is any less um, fantastic an example of God than a married couple. But, but the marriage relationship is an interesting view into the Trinity idea of God. Um, it's supposed to be one, one, in a sense, one being with two persons moving forward in the same direction. Um, it's the closest thing we have and it's supposed to mirror that for the world. Um, so I do believe that it's very much tied into the kind of problems we're seeing. To go back to what you're saying, I do believe that it is very much tied into, the problem we see with the world is very much reflected in marriage. Now, which one has the bigger impact on the other? That I couldn't say. Whether um, the world's view on relationships is why marriages are falling apart or whether marriages falling apart is why the world is getting, gaining this warped view of relationship. Um, but I do think they're very much tied together. I think that we live in a world where we're all about... Um, well, I know I've I've driven JP nuts with this discussion before. When it comes to relationships, we live in a world that we we have this idea of like you can't change me. I'm going to find somebody who who loves me the way I am, and that way I can be me and I can be with them. 
And I'm like, but that's not how relationship works. Because when you get in any form of relationship, you should change. And I don't mean you change yourself completely to make somebody else happy. But I mean you find somebody who makes you want to change, who makes you want to better yourself, who makes you want to to dive deeper, and who's going to encourage you to do that. Um, and if you're not growing and changing, then the relationship isn't going to work. Because if you stay where you are and things are stagnant, you're going to drive each other nuts. Um, so I, I think that this idea of me not changing in a relationship is, is very wrongly understood. Um, and I think that the world mirrors that, that we have this idea that I don't need to change my opinions. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to discuss it because I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm out if you disagree. Um, and that's kind of led us to where we're at today. Yeah. As you were talking, I was, um, as I was thinking of, um, of a line from the end of John Milbank's Theology and Social Theory. It's a very important book in the movement known as Radical Orthodoxy. Um, he ends the book by saying, Yet as we are situated on the far side of the cross, the event of the judgment of God, no return to law, to the antique compromise of inhibition of violence remains possible. The Catholic vision of ontological peace now provides the only alternative to a nihilistic outlook. What he's saying in that is that, um, is he's pointing out something that Paul talks about in the New Testament, um, which we sometimes translate incorrectly, which is this notion that we are now beyond law, right? We tend to, in, in a lot of our English translations, capitalize the L in the word law there, but um, it can also be translated lowercase law. And effectively, what Paul is saying and what Milbank is, is, is trying to articulate here is that as Christians, our theology and understanding of humanity um, is properly rooted in this idea that because of the judgment of God that took place on the cross, we are no longer— we no longer have to make contracts with each other. We no longer have to be subjected to these rules in the sense of letting those be the binding things that determine who we are as people, but that rather real relationship— is found through this covenantal type relationship that we have with each other as a result of our covenanting with each other through participation in the mass, participation in the life of the church. And so, um, and, and, and the sacraments of the church, one of which of course is marriage. So, and that, and, and it being a, it, it being a, um, a sacramental action, it being something that defines, uh, you know, it speaks into other aspects of the Christian life. It, it informs other parts of our life. And like, as you're saying, it evokes the Trinity. And so by evoking the Trinity, it becomes definitive for us in a, in a very profound way. Um, but anyway, the, the vision of the world for us is that we are supposed to be beyond this stuff, that we really are supposed to have kinds of relationships that don't have an end built into them or some kind of mechanism there that says, like, some kind of mechanism that, like, offers punishment for not agreeing to the to the terms or whatever. That And that's the only—and for Milbanking, he says that that's the only way to have true peace rather than just this sort of— false idea of peace that we have in the world, which is just like, well, we're just not being violent right now. Right. Um, but that real peace is where we don't even consider the options of violence. Um, and, and so you're just saying that made me think of this line from Milbank and his whole thing is all, you know, it stretches beyond just like just church stuff and talk about the way we live in, in a in a political world. And in effect, we're called, we're called to hold each other as Christians accountable to that reality. And that would include us holding our leaders accountable, including our president and president-elect. And so getting back to some of the stuff that I was saying, too. But I think that, yeah, it just it, it drives home this this need for us as a society to learn how to be in a proper and good relationship with each other. And the world has determined what we think those relationships are, and we see that they are failing left and right. And... You know, we're seeing a world right now where everyone expects me to either be super excited about this this election or they expect me to be super angry. And if I'm not angry and protesting that I'm somehow complicit, the thing is, is like, look, the guy can be in office and he can be a real screw up. That's an absolute certainty and, and, and possibility here. Um, he can he doesn't have to be right all the time. Um, but my job, our job as Christians 
is to find a way to live in such a way that we can accept this guy and work with this guy, but more importantly, to where we can learn to live to be with each other. Chuck, are you saying that we should be living in the world the way it ought to be lived in to show it what it can be? What are you doing? He's quoting Angel <laughs> again. <laughs> yes, I guess I am. He's bringing it back to Buffy. That's all that really matters. Let it be known that Masters of Divinity, we can talk about the Trump presidency with um, Radical Orthodoxy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are officially <laughs> postmoderns. Yes, we are. Oh, I, I guarantee you, if, if we spent like two seconds on it, JP, just think, I guarantee you we could find a much deeper connection to all this from Buffy. There's got to be an episode <laughs> that dealt with um, disagreement and unity. Hey, you know, you know, if you boys would spend as much time with the Bible... As you do with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're both you, like, would yeah. Be, you wouldn't be uh -huh. on the road to damnation. I'm uh -huh. just saying. <laughs> uh, you're you're probably right. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I almost I almost quoted some Japanese theology because I read some interesting stuff in in in, in, a, in a Kitamori book recently or um, Kayama book the other day. But I won't I won't do that. I won't do it. Save that <laughs> now, for another now time. I don't, now I don't believe that you, you know, had anything to quote. No. You know, we, we are going to have a Japanese the theology episode. Yes, but it needs to be completely in the original Japanese. So start working <laughs> on your Japanese. <laughs> that would be actually pretty funny. <laughs> well, guys, did you see Doctor Strange? Or... I did. I, did. I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. I did. Oh, Chuck. I, I did. saw it. Chuck. Good. I only have like two hours a week and I managed to see the movie. <laughs> You're falling behind, man. <laughs> You're falling behind. No, in all actuality, I, I um, uh, Thursdays go from uh, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for me right now. Um, but last Thursday, I got out and went to the movie. So <laughs> so I got to see it last week. A um, little pressure valve for you there, Matt. Yeah, I somehow I stayed awake during it, too. It was good. It was good. Because I went to the 10.30 movie. That was um, an interesting wow. idea after a week wow. of getting up at 4 a.m. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked it. I'm, I'm just going to say, I loved it. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a good movie. I, I had fun with it. I don't, it's not my favorite. It did not bust my top five of the Marvel films, but I thought it was good. Yeah, I don't know where I would rank it right now. I'm too tired to think about all of them. But I, I do know I really liked it. It's definitely not yeah. my favorite. But I, I want to really see liked IMAX. It. And, and oh, while I'm mescaline, <laughs> and in 3D, I actually, I actually think this one would be fun in 3D. Yeah, as I meant, IMAX 3D. Yeah. Uh, you don't need 3D, 3D for a mescaline, baby. <laughs> <laughs> for for my parishioners that listen to this podcast, Father Charles has never taken mescaline in his life, <laughs> and this isn't like one of those humorous, like wink, wink things. Like I seriously have never done that, and never will, <laughs> and never will. Well, Drug, no, as long as we have a cop on our show, jeez. Drugs are bad, I'm going. Drugs are bad. Okay, so, you know, I, I've been thinking, Tyus, unite us. And I, and I think I, I do have something that I think... Wait, before you continue, sorry, this idea just had popped in my head. Can you please, for the love of God, our closing song, can it be the Supertones Unite? What's that? It's a song by Supertones called Unite. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Can it be the Supertones Unite? What's that? It's a song by the Supertones called Unite. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that song. I, I would have figured that JP knew the Supertones or Matt or somebody would have known the Supertones. I, I didn't I know the Supertones. I was, they were just kind of inflicted upon me at concerts and stuff. So I didn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I should listen to the Supertones right now. Like that was not me. Can I give can I give a completely random this statement comes out of nowhere other than I'm just I'm cracking up at listening to the three of us talk because we interrupt each other all the time. Um, mm -hmm. In the academy, one of the guys there said a said a line that I've never heard before that cracked me up because he was talking, and some other person just cut him off, interrupted, and started going, and his response completely calm. Just completely straightforward. He said, look, I'm really sorry that the middle of my sentence interrupted the beginning of yours. But what I was <laughs> saying was, <laughs> and I was like, I lost it. I was like, that is the greatest, that is the greatest response I've ever heard. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm sorry. You guys, you us all talking over each other made me think of it. Yeah. It's just, that's the best. I told her I'm well, going to be ripping that one off for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, I think, um, yeah, thinking a lot about what, what could unite us all, both uh, the three of us, our listeners, uh, anyone, really. Um, I think that we can all agree. And this is where the healing is going to begin. This is what's going to bring us together as a nation. Toilet paper orientation. We can all agree that it has to be over the roll, not under. <laughs> I do agree with you, but I, I want to know something. I okay. have to ask, where did you get that from? I have a very specific reason for asking. Why did you just think about that? I don't know. Would Why do just, I think about anything, Matt? Was it, was I don't it, know. It, seriously, you just pulled it out of nowhere, out of the blue? Uh, I would say I pulled it out. Yes, yes. Yes. Did he pull it over that. or no, under? No, is no. Question. <laughs> but the reason I say that is we, um, I, I, I'm uh, kind of one of the leaders, I guess you could say, of the young adults group at church, the like round 20s, the, the people, you know, like 18 to like 28-ish. Um, mm-hmm. And they were doing this like icebreaker game where you had to ask people questions and they had to answer it, whatever, whatever it was. And somebody's like, all right, I have the most important question for you. Does the toilet paper go over or under? And like, (laughs) you should have saw, first of all, the, the fight that almost break out, broke out between the over and unders. Um, so you're saying I'm wrong. I, and okay. then and then the group of people who were just completely like, what in the world are we talking about? Like they did <laughs> not understand why this was even a funny topic of conversation or brought up at all. And then you brought it up now out of nowhere. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm I, an over. I'm an over the role. Until I was married, I was an under. I'm a reformed under. It's and Yeah, it's my wife made me. Same thing. Kana made me. Same thing. When you get married, you realize the errors of your ways, and you start doing over. Uh, yeah. uh, all I could say is uh, roll. <laughs> Are you you a left-hander? Is that your deal? <laughs> no, no. Can I can I say? So I was at a, I was at a youth retreat this past weekend. Um. Uh, leading a youth retreat and one of the things that we did as sort of an icebreaker for the kids was um to get them to talk about some stuff we told them that um we had one single roll of toilet paper on the floor and we said that um we played this whole thing where i forgot to bring the toilet paper for the retreat and so that roll of toilet paper was all that was left for the weekend and so we're having to ration it out to everybody (laughs) and so we were telling people they had to take you know what they thought they would need and then that way, like once they kind of knew that it was a joke, it was like, okay, now however many you know pieces of toilet paper you took, you're gonna tell me things about yourself. You have to tell us. That's sort of the joke. <laughs> with it. But to see the number of the kids who like like we, like they bought it, I mean, just really like bought it, and like this like look on their face, it was like, what have we done? Um, thinking that this was how it's gonna be, and like the justifications and stuff. But there were like some guys like, oh, I'll just take the shower afterward, or like, I was like, use my t-shirt. That's a good idea. Yeah, but we had we were telling telling this in a, in a in a kitchen, and there were napkin dispensers all over the room, and only one person out of the like forty kids that were at this retreat pointed out the napkins. <laughs> so yeah. that was pretty funny. Well, guys, uh, I'm afraid that's all the time we have this week. Um, I but I just realized we 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 didn't really resolve the over under thing. We just kind of. Like, just let that hang there. And that's supposed to be the thing that brings us together. I mean, I thought it was, but Matt's telling me that I'm wrong. No, what? No, no, I'm not. It's an over. Matt always does. I said over. You you said that that your youth group broke out in a fight over it. So apparently I'm wrong. Wrong about it bringing us unity. Oh, yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong about that, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. I actually have a professor. I won't name the college. I will say it was not Palm Beach Atlantic because we all have said that we went there. Just know that we Matt did. went to Matt went to two schools before Palm Beach Atlantic, and at one of those, I had a professor who apparently was under investigation because her husband died. Mm. Um, and she apparently thought that it was appropriate to make the joke that 
Um, they thought it was, they, she's like, I don't know why they thought I would have killed him. I guess they, they thought I finally had enough about him insisting that the toilet paper went behind the roll. Um, so, yeah. Oh so I say wow. all that to say, um, first of all, this school that I won't name because that professor is obviously long gone. Um, this school <laughs> uh, proved to me that, first of all, people are messed up and that their sense of humor is way off at times. And second of all, the toilet paper question is a much more common, bigger one than you realize. <laughs> I guess so. Jeez. Uh, well, then maybe if yeah. someone figures out the quandary, we will be united then. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, those, those public bathrooms have like the, 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 the thing, the, the dispensary, you just like pull it. Right. You can't really see which way it's going. Is that what you <laughs> no, mean? No, no, I'm talking about it's, it's like a, it's, it's like, it, it's not even like a roll. You just like, you can pull it out of the dispenser and it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of paper towels. Yeah. Are you thinking of the three you're, shells you're, from Demolition Man? You're, you're <laughs> definitely, JP, the, the, you, that's the wrong dispenser you're using. Um, I'll have to tell you what toilet paper is later. <laughs> Wait, are you like, are you using like the toilet seat cover? Because that would be hilarious. No. <laughs> no, uh, probably. I was wondering why it was shaped like a toilet seat. That didn't make any sense. And it has that little just, removable middle part. I, I was. I just thought it was a cool, des- I just thought it was a cool design. I was like, oh, this is, they're putting a lot of thought into this. That's nice. <laughs> Hey, here's actually to that. To, 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 maybe maybe this could be a it's universal thing. Classiest, most luxurious toilet paper I've ever seen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was going to say, um, objectively, a bidet is way better than toilet paper. Yes, I agree. I want one. I'm getting one. If you would like to donate to Masters of Divinity podcast. <laughs> the Masters uh, of Divinity bidet. JP would love a bidet. <laughs> hey. We got our redemption starter kit, which I still need to mail to you, by the way, JP. Um, maybe we'll get our mod bidet, our mod day. Oh, Lord. No. You out matting Matt tonight. <laughs> I'm not awake. Somebody's got to do it. So thank you, Father Chuck, for stepping hey, up. Amen. Hey, Amen. I love you. And I love you. I love you both. Let's, 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 how about let's agree on that. Let's, let's, here's two things that are universally true. Yeah. This is the best damn podcast on the internet and i love you guys i uh, i can agree with both if i really want to can i just throw a wrench into the whole thing and say no, i only no, agree? no no we're done with could, wrenches could, man. could i say i only agree with one of them and i'll leave you two to decide which one because <laughs> i see I that ter- a- i see that tearing everybody apart <laughs> oh i know for a fact that that you, the, the the second one would be your answer. <laughs> uh, no, I think that this is the greatest podcast ever, and I love you both. I agree. Totally. Universal truths right there. We got them. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week um, where we dive into Donald Trump's Pokedex and see what he's got. I'm going to bet lots of Charmander. For my for my sign off for some, my sign off moderator instead of saying the normal good journey I don't think I'm gonna say something that we're not gonna be able to say very okay. much and that is thanks Obama wake me up from this nightmare good journey there's something happening here but what it is ain't exactly clear there's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance From behind Time we stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down What a field day for the heat and people in the street singing songs and they carry inside mostly say hooray for our side it's
it's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Paranoia strikes deep into your life. It will creep. It starts when you're always afraid. Step out of line. The man come and take you away, away. We better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going. Now stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going.